Is there anything you would have done differently? We've reported a true story. Our colleague Brian Williams is back in Kuwait City tonight after a close call on the skies over Iraq. Controversial Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh and questions about Kavanaugh's drinking in the past. Sean Hannity, come on up, Sean Hannity. Today, Andrew Cuomo is having a moment. Hi, I'm Chris Dyerwalt. And I'm Eliana Johnson. Welcome to Ink Stained Wretches, where we break down what's going wrong and what's going right with the American news media. And we will do that in just a moment. But what's the latest, Chris? Well, the latest is I got to hang out with my friend Jillian Turner and her husband, Alex Kramer's baby, Coco. And I found out that I have the same shape and size of head as a 11-week-old child. <laughs> did, did you peak physically at like six yeah. months old? Yeah, I was like, I was like, that, Coco, that I, like I, yeah, peak. Coco, I relate to you. I, I feel what I feel you, and I feel what you're saying. And Coco and I are are an, in accord. I'm just glad you're into babies. Well, you know, babies all look like Winston Churchill, and their heads smell fantastic. They do smell good. You're going to have one. I am going to have one. Can you imagine how funny it will be when we get to post a picture of me holding your tiny baby? I'm so large as a human, and your baby will be so small, and it will be hilarious. My husband says I'm going to have a nine-pound baby because he was almost 10 pounds. Now, we're three girls in my family, and the heaviest was six pounds. I was going to say. I was 5'2". You're a 6.32, and we can start a pool for listeners, by the way. Uh, we'll get a FanDuel site going uh, on how much Eliana's baby will weigh. He he got me so stressed, my husband, that I was Patrick. Googling. Yeah, my yeah. husband, Patrick, got me so stressed that I started Googling, can a baby too big for you to give birth? And <laughs> the answer, oh. the answer well. was... Well, the answer was extremely rare yeah. and highly unlikely. Well, but it I will also say that it happens. <laughs> also, like every baby is too big for every woman. No, to birth to, so. a, a Steyerwald head is too big for normal people. We're like bulldogs. You can't get oh, us out okay, like yeah, yeah, a disaster. We're 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 a thoroughgoing disaster. No, right. no, no one ever I'm said that Steyerwald head was the right that, choice. That, that, men, that mental image. Okay, Chris, we got kind of a short front page this week. These you are say that. No, I don't. These are the stories we thought were most important. Chris, possibly my favorite story of the our, week. Our favorite story. Our of the favorite week. story of the week was Ben Smith, the New York Times media columnist basically took down No. Aussie media. No. The 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 front the first story of the week is that we were right. And you were right. Again, I don't we, we won't have the name of this episode also be Eliana Vindicated. But the tumorous, cancerous disaster that Aussie media is as it unwinds itself. Like, you know how they say that the human intestines can cover a volleyball quarter? Like, they make up these numbers. Watching Aussie media's intestines spill out over the space of, of the media has been de- delightful. Uh, dare, dare I say wonderful? It's a great story, and it really shows how much, like, smoke and mirrors goes into these media companies. But what was so funny is they they told, they told tell Ben Smith they're shutting down, or he reports that they're shutting down. Yep. And a colleague of mine texted me and said, I bet that CEO, Carlos Watson, is BSing about this, too, and they're not shutting down. And two days later, we get the CNN story 
Headline, Aussie media CEO Carlos Watson claims his media startup is no longer shutting down. So, you know, he lives to fight another day. I think I coined a phrase in the first year of Barack Obama's presidency, I think, which was hopium. And when you're high on hopium, it's very hard to do anything else because it just feels so good. It's coursing through your veins and you're going to do all this other stuff. Aussie media... No offense to this guy, no offense to, well, I'm sure deep offense to the investors who... uh, I was just going to say we got to talk about the investors. ...who were punked out in a really profound and serious way. But here's the deal. Free news does not work. You cannot have news for free. We have never had news for free. We can. It works if you can lose money. Well, now, look, if you want to be Jeff Bezos... And you want to fund the Washington Post. I assume Rupert Murdoch loses money on the Wall Street Journal. So patronage journalism does work. It's true. But that costs money. There's no such thing as quality news that happens without... There, there is not a for-profit model of news that exists without somebody paying something. Ozzy and Vice uh, belong in the same category of conning rich people into dumping money out of their pockets in the false belief that somehow this will pay for it. Looking at you, Washington Examiner. I love that. So the CNN piece about this says, we're open for business, Watson told Today Show anchor Craig Melvin. This is our Lazarus moment, if you will. This is our Tylenol moment. Last week was traumatic. It was difficult, heartbreaking in many ways. But Watson's claims raise more questions. Who oversees Aussie now? The country has already, in effect, dissolved. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, what is a Tylenol moment? Oh, you don't know that one? No. Oh, you're too young. So there was a scare, and this goes back to my complaint last week about Halloween frightening. And local news talking about you will get cannabis in your children's Halloween, whatever. So somebody went into, and I think it was New Jersey, and there were two or three cases of people poisoning bottles of Tylenol. And it created a, understandably, national panic as news outlets freaked, right? America's uh, bowels unclenched themselves around the idea of Tylenol. imagery today is just... No, not the Chicago Tylenol murders. Somebody dosed... Anyway, somebody dosed a couple or a few bottles of Tylenol. Some uh, lunatic did this, and it turned into a national moment. And then Tylenol, what did Tylenol do? They They came up with the childproof cap and the security cap and the sealed top, and that you have to pull out a ball of cotton roughly the size of the planet Jupiter to get in to have one painkiller in your life. If you want an Advil, you have to go through so many steps to get there, and that's because of what happened in the mm, late 1980s, like 87, 88. That's the Tylenol moment that so. he's talking about. And he is wrong because there will there is no coming back. <laughs> There, there, there's no safety cap that you can put on Aussie media to make it sound better. Yeah, we just need to muzzle it with a big cotton swab. You know, <laughs> the other thing I want to talk about was the investors in this who were seduced, misled, whatever. But among them is Laureen Powell Jobs, who's like a ho- hobby horse. Our favorite. No, this is, a, this is a, a dual hobby horse. This is a fair. A, yeah. yeah. So she... It must be the worst media investor ever. She invested in this, and she invested in Courier News, which is basically Democratic propaganda dressed up to look like a newspaper. Uh, Worst media investor ever, not covered enough by the press. All right, Chris. AT&T, One America. No, I just want to just, I want to, I want everyone to stop. 
and take a deep breath because this is the greatest story that has ever happened on Insane Riches. So first, kudos to Reuters for doing the, they found the thing that everyone else had overlooked. And the, here, here's how it goes. One American News is, if you like Fox News, but find Fox News too democratic. If you like Fox News, but you think there's too much variety, too much, too much variety of opinion <laughs> that's happening. If the one time that you have to hear Juan Williams for 30 seconds out of the day just really grosses you out. If you ever call for my firing, you might be a One American News viewer. And Reuters found an obscure filing in a civil case that involved the founder of One American News. You know what they found? They cut a deal with AT&T <laughs> to fund One American News. Now, AT&T, which as part of the its global corp conglomo, also owns CNN. Is that still right? Mm-hmm. So they funded to the tunes of tens of millions of dollars One American News, which is hot garbage, which is the most terrible. One American News makes MSNBC look like the Wall Street Journal circa 1980. It's a disaster. There was a great quote in here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, AT&T supports advancing equal justice reforms. We stand for equality, says AT&T. Now, if I own CNN, I would understand why creating a threat to Fox News is a good idea. That makes sense. That's a market correct. Like, that is correct. So if you can make Fox dumber and afraid, and those two things, of course, work in a self-fulfilling cycle, if I can do that, that's good. What's funny is we don't know, and I just want to take one step back from all this, AT&T is allowed to make whatever fake, terrible cable news channel they want to of all time. Everybody's free to make whatever they want. But the idea that there is virtue attached to these outlets and that somehow this one is good and this one is right and this one is left. Here's AT&T funding an, a, a terrible cable news outlet in a desire, I assume, to terrify Fox and Fox becomes worse than it was and becomes uh, more dangerous to the republic as they're trying to do this. Everybody ought to do exactly what they want, but we don't know how all of these places are funded and what they are. And I would just tell news consumers, make good choices, make better choices. You don't know who's funding what you're reading and what you're listening to and what you're doing and keep a skeptical ear and an eye. I really wanted to find this quote from Robert Herring, who's the- Oh, it's so good. Baron behind One American News. I love that there's an excerpt of an email he sent to the staff in this piece that says- (laughs) It's really good. We want to report, it's, okay, the date is January 7th, 2021. We want to report all the things Antifa did yesterday. I don't think it was Trump people, but let's investigate. Let's just, we're just asking questions, said Robert Herring. So for a while, it seemed like to Fox, and part of the reason that Fox acted so idiotically this year, was they were terrified of One American News. If Fox had known. Really? I didn't know that. What's that? Was it One America more than Newsmax? No, it was both. It was it was all. And it was also Breitbartianism of the American right and Fox's anxiety around that. And all of the dumb decisions that they made were predicated on an idea that was not true, that One American News wouldn't exist if AT&T 
the parent company of CNN hadn't flushed tens of million dollars into go doing that. What he said is terrible and wrong, and a lot of things are terrible and wrong, but lordy day, have some guts, right? Have some guts. Well, so here's a question that might be incredibly stupid, but this network doesn't appear to, to be, be making- profitable. Right. Right. So what? what is AT&T's- What's the thinking there? What's the incentive for them? Well, if it made CNN more profitable, if it made Fox crazier, those would be pro- – and, and also the thing about – Why would that be a good investment for AT&T? Well, if you want CNN to be more profitable, then CNN being more profitable is good. But the other thing is – Well, you're putting in millions of dollars to make them more profitable, so you're betting that like you're going to make them two times more profitable than your investment in one of them. Is AT&T America's worst corporate citizen? No. Is AT&T one of the most aggressive grinders on Congress? Does some other – no one thinks more about how they can influence public opinion and spends more money on influencing public opinion than the American Telephone and Telegraph Corporation. This is a fruit of the one antitrust action that I supported ever in human life. But AT&T is on Congress – like Miley Cyrus on a wrecking ball. They are into it. And this would be, if you spent, how much money is involved in this? Five million, 10 million? For AT&T, that's nothing, right? That more is, than that. I think it's closer to 50 million. Even for AT&T, yeah. 50, like $50 million for AT&T that makes billions of dollars every year. No offense, I, I hope AT&T makes billions upon billions of dollars for all time. Super duper. But uh, throwing $10 million down on OANN, if it harasses Fox and makes CNN more profitable and pushes their agenda, I'm sure that's that it, it wouldn't it wouldn't even cause a whimper. Up next, oh. we have this item about people being willing to pay for news. Okay. You wanted to discuss. I did want to discuss that. And usually we I, I resist talking about or I, I, I usually resist the idea of identifying stories for one of us or another. But this is definitely my story. And this is a story that the Dispatch, which is one of my employers, is in, and how people are willing to pay for news, and people are, and outlets are profiting and succeeding by asking people to pay for news. And I welcome you to subscribe to the Dispatch, which everyone should do. Tell us why you thought the story was interesting, as opposed to just plugging the Dispatch. Well, I, I, on, I, I can stop. Ha- I, I, I only want to get the beacon for free, everyone. I only want to do half. You don't have to pay Jack for that. The truth is, or in no way does this relate to the beacon, the idea that grew up in the 1990s was that maybe after all this time, free news would be possible. We would just have as much news as we ever wanted, and it would all be free, and it would all be good. And now people talk about disinformation, and they talk about government regulatory bodies that will somehow oversee and make sure that we have a healthy news diet. I talk about this with social media, but do you remember in Obamacare that there was a provision that people were going to have to put calorie counts on their menus? Yes. Did anyone ever walk into McDonald's and say, man, I wanted to get a Big Mac today. But now that I see that a Me. grilled chicken salad. Me. Did you really? Did a calorie Those, count? The, yes. That like horrifies. They horrify me, and I'm like, oh god, I would. I preferred it when I didn't know, but now that I know, I ain't ordering that. How many Big Macs do you eat a year? <laughs> I because of the freaking. No, 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 no. Be prior. Let's one. do before and after. How many Big Macs do you eat a year? Oh, uh, before two. 
uh, one or two. What? Yeah, okay, okay. Time out, time out. Time out. actually my favorite. Two cheeseburgers and fries. Time out. So you were not the target no. <laughs> of those numbers. The person who twice a year, and a Big Mac is delicious, even though the fact that Big Mac is oh, so the good. size of basically a Coke can. Don't even get me started on the Whopper. Oh, well, the so Whopper good. with cheese, we can I talk about it. I love all fast food. I love all fast food. Oh. It's great, obviously. I, my body is a temple that reflects my worship of these outlets. But you are not the target audience of putting calorie counts at McDonald's. And the target audience doesn't care about calories. And the target, audience, the target audience doesn't care about any of the calories. They are there. My fellow West Virginian, Morgan Spurlock, made a movie called Super Size Me. I saw Which it. was about, like, what if I ate McDonald's for 30 days? Well, here's two things, Morgan Spurlock. People who are watching this movie would never do that. And number two, all the people who are not watching the movie will eat at McDonald's as much as they want. There is not a way to impose an external control on people's media consumption. It won't work. It didn't work for McDonald's. It doesn't work for pork rinds. It doesn't work for anything. We either get to live, as Abraham Lincoln said in his speech to the Young Men's Lyceum in Springfield, we will either be... You better get this right or my dad is going to like call me and tell me that you got it. We will either commit suicide or live forever. And that's the truth about America. Either we can do it or we can't do it. And if we can't do it, then we're screwed anyway. And the when they talk about putting a fence up around the Capitol and whether we're going to have a fence around the Capitol, here's the, here's the pro tip, America. If you have to have a fence around your Capitol to be alive, you're already Libya, so go grow some turnips and have two Big Macs I on the way. I have no idea how we got to Big Macs and the fence around the Capitol from paying for news but anyway i hate the government that's uh, why that's how that's how we got there because i hate the government uh, chris we have a tyranny of the fact checkers moment this week with the associated press somebody called terrence frazier i assume he is actually terrence frazier uh writing that the national school boards association to the biden administration pressing them to investigate threats against school board members and a big a big officials. a big letter of anxiety yeah. sent to the biden administration so for big feelings the headline is posts mischaracterized school board organizations letter to biden what are posts he's like correcting random people on social media but anyhow the fact check reveals that Terrence did not actually read the letter because in the letter it says, as these acts of malice, violence, and threats against public school officials have increased, the classification of these heinous actions could be the equivalent to a form of domestic terrorism and hate crimes. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, but, blah, blah. But, you know, I've, it's just, like, ridiculous on two levels. First, clearly, you didn't read the letter or you have, like, right, reading Right, right. That's the Second, thing. If you want to be a fact checker, please read the letter. Read the whole thing from the beginning to the end and don't just put it on Twitter so that you can have tingles. Second, like, who are you correcting? He's literally correcting random people on Twitter who were right, who know right. more about this than he does. If the Associated Press, which I value and respect and is important that, that I want to have as blah, a... Blah, 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 blah. I know. Boring boring disclosure. Yeah. Bo- a boring disclosure. I'm a huge dork. That's going to lead the Chris is a lib montage. That's going to lead like, oh, I just love the Associated Press so much. When are we going to have our episode to have the full conservative throwdown? The conservative off? Got to plan it. Maybe, we should, maybe, maybe that's, that's our Christmas episode. Yeah. That, that's maybe that's our end of year episode. Best of us. Is a festivist, festivist. is a, is a festivist showdown because I want to tell you I just listened to Jonah Goldberg interview George Will. My conservative flex is very strong right now. 
Uh, I, think I am living out loud. Chris, you know, my camp. <laughs> they, they gave up on George Will a long time ago. Oh. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> love you, George Will. Love you, love you, love you, George Will. Yeah. And, and, and we do. Chris, it's time for it's our time. sessions of the week where we break down the story we can't get out of our heads. You are up first. So Jon Stewart has a new TV show. And I hate it so much. There are not words enough to express. So maybe we can find the clip, and I don't know whether we can, of the time that Jon Stewart came on and destroyed uh, Tucker Carlson and Paul Begala. Do you remember this moment? I do. It's funny, you know, and I, and I, I made a special effort to come on the show today because I have uh, privately amongst my friends and also in occasional newspapers and television shows <laughs> mentioned uh, this show as being uh, uh, bad. <laughs> and, and, and I wanted to, I felt that that wasn't fair and I should come here and, and tell you that I don't, it's not so much that it's bad as it's hurting America. <laughs> so I, I wanted to but come here today let me, and say, wait, wait, I just, let me, here, here, here's just one, what I wanted to tell you guys. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Stop hurting America. Okay, now let me, and and let come work you. for us because we, as the people. How do you pay? The people, not, not well. Better than CNN, I'm sure. But you can sleep at night. See, the, the, the thing is, we need your, your help. You're, right now, you're helping the politicians and the, 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 the corporations, and we're left out there like to mow our lawns. You just said we're too rough on them when they make mistakes. No, 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 you're not too rough on them. You're part of their strategies. You're partisan, um, what do you call it, hacks. Wait, John, wait, let me, so, let me tell you something. What John Stewart did on The Daily Show and what Jon Stewart said about cable news was quite right. It was horrible. It's a hot garbage fire of fake ideation and partisan jibber jabber. And he did that. And it uh, he he rightly criticized these things. So now, Jon Stewart, Apple has paid Jon Stewart, I assume, twenty quadrillion dollars for a new show on Apple, and it's called The Problem with Jon Stewart. And the premise of Jon Stewart's show is that unlike cable news, unlike all these other things, we'll finally just solve the problem. We'll finally just solve, here's the problem, and we all agree. So the first episode is about the treatment of veterans. Now, let me tell you something. The way that the United States treats veterans is sad and unfortunate uh, for the people, but as a republic, exceptional. Right. The VA, the resources that are available to veterans. And he points out at the beginning of his show how everybody says they like veterans. But do they really? According to the Department of Veterans Affairs, 17 U.S. veterans take their own lives each day. Yes, we love our vets. You know, the old saying, if you love someone, let them go themselves. Turns out we support our troops unless they actually need support. A kind of performative patriotism that barely seems to register the suffering that their sacrifice sometimes brings. You could cherry pick anything and you could go through anything, but he uses one thing, which is a clip from Fox News talking about veteran suicide. And suicides are, are all tragic, right? It's all, it's all bad. But he conflates, uses a number to conflate. Now, the, uh, in no way am I minimizing veteran suicide or uh, PTSD or any of that stuff. 
what is the highest suicidal rate in America? Young men. This is the, it's true, 16 to 35, 16 to 45, through the roof for suicide numbers. And Stuart, and I, again, I'm not, he's, he's trying to have a discussion about problems with the way we treat veterans, but he's cherry picking numbers and pretending like this is happening outside of the norm. The norm is, tragically, that the highest rate of suicide among Americans is young men. And the, and the highest percentage of the United States military is young men. The way that this show goes, and the reason it makes me so mad, is that after Jon Stewart gets done spending a career making a bunch of money, and he had a book that was a terrible, like a Howard Zinn for dummies, about what's wrong with American history. Well, here's what you don't know about American history. So after spending a career pooping on America and correctly attacking cable news, he pretends like now we'll solve it. You won't solve it, sir. You will not solve it, sir. You will not fix you will not fix it in this Apple podcast. These questions are much more complicated than you pretend that they are and that we are not keeping the answer from you. No one is keeping the answer from you, John Stewart. The answer is that this is hard and we have to reason together and please go as you have done before. Go back to Congress and ask Congress to do stuff about stuff if you want stuff to happen. Harumph. All right, I'll stop talking. What do you think mine is? What do I think yours My obsession. is? obsession. Probably not that. It is not that. My obsession is something that we maybe should have led the show with is the coverage of the Facebook whistleblower. I'm obsessed with it. Lord. So I feel like I'm going to like go out on a limb here and just say I'm generally against whistleblowers I think based on the fawning media coverage of them. Uh, the media is just incapable of like giving the American public uh, an accurate depiction of what is happening here. So what bothers well, what's me a, well, well first of all what's a whistleblower? Mm. <laughs> a person who in opposition to their own position and advancement Says something. That's why this is BS. Exactly. That's why this is BS, okay? Facebook whistleblower is not a whistleblower. And neither was the freaking anonymous guy in Trump. Oh, the New York Times phony baloney, super fake, the fakest ever. the Ukraine guy. Well, Well, hold on. Let me talk about Facebook. All right, go to the first one. Okay, so this woman is like greeted like a conquering hero with this slick PR campaign. She took, she spent 10 months, it was first leaking documents to the Wall Street Journal. Then she has a 60 minutes debut revealing her identity. Oh, treating her like she was working on big tobacco. Like, she was like, Uh, I have this thing to tell you is that Facebook wants more people to look at Facebook. It was like the insider. Yeah. It was, and not with a fat Russell Crowe. And by the way, you know who will play me in the movie is a fat Russell Crowe. That is exactly who will play me. Okay. Chubby Russell Crowe is my avatar. So she then testifies before Congress, and the fawning. coverage is just fawning, uh, her, lauding her for her bravery, and blah, 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 blah. So that all may very well be true, but shouldn't the American public also know that this is, I think it's genuinely interesting. This is a pretty professionally run public relations campaign against Facebook coming from the left left and the right. And the right. So 
was left to the Free Beacon to report that Bill Burton, the Obama deputy <laughs> press secretary, has been handling her communications, which means he's been the intermediary between her and the, all of the reporters she's talking to. And no one has reported that this person is repping her and has been repping her, the, what his ties are to, like, the anti-tech forces on the left. And also, the day she goes public, she's got this slick website, press inquiries here, yada, yada, yada. And, and so by the way— she's getting a lot out of this. Probably better than, like, whatever she was doing as some, you know, mid-level employee at Facebook. First of all, the fake talk show that John Lovitz had on Saturday Night Live was called Plug Away. And we will now rename this episode Plug Away. I've put in my dispatch plug, and you have a, a very solid yeah. and correct free beacon plug. Plug Away, uh, John Lovitz used to say. So this woman, I want to add to your correct point, which is what does this woman say the solution for Facebook is? We need her and people like her, or maybe not her, who who could say? Who could say? But people that she described, a so group of people- to tell Congress what they need and, to be- And that there needs to be a controlling authority over Facebook- Of former, of former tech, employees. tech employees. Yeah. Exactly like her. It's amazing. That when she's in charge of Facebook, then Facebook will do better. Here's, a, uh, I don't know why we're so focused on McDonald's, but please hook us up with a sponsorship whenever you're ready. I will eat more than two Big Macs a year. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll eat uh, 20 Big Macs a year, but take the bun off and eat them in my car uh, with shame. Please use Splenda in the Thousand Island dressing from now on. Ugh, ugh. I know, I know. It's No, no one ever said it was good. No one ever said- Just Don't eat the Thousand Island dressing if you're going to put Splenda in it. No, no one ever said it was good. But the idea- that Americans cannot control their intake of things is wrong. Americans can control their intake of things. Prohibition was wrong. Efforts to make people not eat cheeseburgers was wrong. It's all wrong, right? Either we will be free and be our own people or we're dead. And if we can't control Facebook, if we can't control, not Facebook, if we can't control ourselves in relation to Facebook, we're already doomed. We let people vote. Have you heard about this? We let well, people also, choose we let people on. choose the president every 4 years. If we don't think that people are competent well, to to well, meander back to like the topic. Well, that's not meandering. You're actually sprinting back. <laughs> I'm sprinting back. Sprint back. It's you know, all the coverage is just so incredulous, like zero scrutiny of her motives and what she's getting out of it. Beyond that, also the reporting on these documents, her big scoop yeah. is Facebook puts, puts profit over people, which probably could be said of every company right. in the world. Right. And then also, they act like, oh, Instagram knows it's harming teen girls and blah, blah, blah. Teen girls were not anorexic, didn't have body image issues before Instagram came along. There were no wars in this land. Is it uh, possible that our obsessions are dovetailing right now? It's just ridiculous. No, I think they're actually dovetailing right now. So John Stewart talking about this stuff as if it never happened before. Bad things are happening now and they've never happened before. Your point about Facebook is... It's bad, but we've had lots of bad stuff before. Being a teenage girl is hard. It sucks. This, it the, sucks. Being being a teenager, period, sucks. It's horrible. No one no one likes it. No one no one ever said, and I say this with great love for my eldest man child, nobody ever said like, ah, being thirteen, if only I could do that again. If only I could go relive my fourteenth trip around the sun. But here's the thing. And this is why I do this podcast. This is why I'm here. This is the point. 
We have to be better consumers. They will never be better producers. They will always be exactly how they've been since the dawn of time, which is trying to make us sad, stupid, angry, and upset. That is what they want to do. So this is an inside job. Either we get better at doing this or we're doomed anyway. And the United States Congress is in no way likely to produce a better outcome as it relates to cheeseburgers or Facebook or anything, period. Frosting on this cake for me is Mediaite's coverage of this was right-wing media seeks to discredit Facebook whistleblower. Right-wing uh, media. It was the right-wing. By reporting that this is the PR person repping her, she's a big Democratic donor. Uh, and represented by Bill Burton. And and Bill and by the way, Bill Burton is a very competent, which, very good, those are non lunatic, blah 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 blah. Oh God, that's going in your montage. Oh okay. really? Is you think he's a lunatic? I don't know. I wouldn't say he's, he's a normal lunatic. Democrat. I don't know. He, oh, he's a non. He's a he's a. He, he did is. not respond to my request for comments, so we didn't get a chance to chat. Uh, but anyhow, like these are just. Facts that should yes. accompany the story, but no, it's like, oh, let's turn our attention away from the whistleblower. But what is the right doing? Social media is the new immigration issue, which is that both sides have their complaints. Neither of them are going to fix it. They will not work together to talk about it, and they'll just talk about it forever. We'll get to listen to dumb butts like Josh Hawley. And I assume Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez talk about what's wrong with social media for the next 50 years. We'll get to listen to this forever as they do nothing about it and complain about the same thing but from different directions. And the best part of all of it is what? Where will they talk about it? Where? What? On what? On social media. They will go on Facebook to talk about how much their butt hurts over social media. And we, I will just say to these people, uh, pass. <laughs> Hard pass. Hard pass. All right, Chris, it's time oh. for your favorite time of the week where I, I have like to it. say something nice. I do like nice. it, yes. This is very easy this week, but you're, you're up first. I like yours, too. Well, what's mine? Yours is the journal article. Oh, very about good. the fantastic piece. Is it in here? Yeah. Chris's uh, favorite item. Since he can't find it, is lousy management, knucklehead hires, plague operations of. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, this is so good. This is <laughs> the best thing. So, this is why we have newspapers. This is why I want to tell you right now big wet kiss, Rupert Murdoch, for having the Wall Street Journal exist. The management piece on the mafia, and it's about. Yeah, it's like. From the executive suite. From the, it's from the executive. The corner office is right. Exactly. So this is a C-suite analysis yeah. of what went wrong with the New York mob, and you read it and you're like, "How is this possible? What did this cost? What time did this take to do it?" And I just, I got, I gotta say, Wall Street Journal. Mwah. Yeah, we're gonna link that in our show notes because it's great. It is truly great. Um, my favorite item of the week was a New York Post review by Maureen <laughs> how many Callahan. How many weeks in a row is the New York oh, Post your favorite? It's Post. always the Post. Totally. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, is You're New like York a young Post Charlie Hurt. Of, of Katie Couric's new book. <laughs> and it just was an excellent, really cutting review. We will link that also. The headline is Katie Couric re- reveals herself as, as a misogynistic idiot. And Subtle. Maureen writes... 
Aside from the female colleagues she disparages, name calls, alienates, and humiliates, I'll get to those in a moment, she would have us believe in her great delusion that she was a superstar journalist and intellectual who nevertheless had no idea about Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Never heard a thing, she writes, on Roger Ailes. Who knew he was a monster? Of that time she went to dinner at Jeffrey Epstein's house. Let me explain, she writes, before not explaining and brushing it off as a weird event, nothing more. Also, she had no idea Matt Lauer was a sexual predator. She you said, can't see my you can't see my eyebrows, internet, but yes, they yes. just went up. So when those stories began breaking in the fall of 2017, she writes, quote, I knew Matt loved beautiful women. He could charm <laughs> the pants, as it were, off of any celebrity. How could she choose these words? Uh, I loved uh, it. It's a great review. And Katie, I mean, time to hang it up. Presumably you have enough money not to write books. Well, as I told a friend of mine who was up for a big contract one time with a media company, it was a three-year contract. It was going to play, pay tens of millions of dollars a year. And I said, you know why I'll never get a three-year contract for that much money? And they said, well, no, you're very competent. You're wonderful. You'd be a great broadcaster. And I said, no, because after the first year, you'd never see my fat ass again. I'll be, long, I'll be long gone. I'll be long gone down the road. And the thing I never can figure out with Katie Couric is, what do you want? What else do you want? What is the thing that you think will ultimately make it feel good? And nothing. You've already had it all. You've already done the whole thing. Go be happy with your family and stop telling us about stuff. Stop telling us how ignorant you were of it all. That is all the time we have left for this mm-hmm, week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is our news about Did the we news. use up all the time? I think we did. And you were worried about the top. If you have a story that you want us to talk about, email us at wretches at nebulouspodcast.com. That's wretches at nebulouspodcast.com. This has been Ink Stained Wretches from Nebulous Media. Find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Wretches. Wretches.